while we might have similarities, we're ultimately very different. Yeah. Like we, we are different uh, and we're impacted in so many different ways, right? Our upbringings, our culture, our societies, our this, our that. It's really important for people to understand who they are and amplify that as opposed to the opposite, which so many people do. So many people do this where they'll see Gary V doing something that's so sexy and working for Gary. And then they try to go to the extent of imitating to innovate too far. Like, mm-hmm. yes, if you see a strategy that's working, cool, but don't start yelling and cursing like Gary. And I'm using Gary as an example, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, totally. I'm, not, I'm not poking fun at him. I love him to death. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, brand purpose is your purpose. It's you. And I think when it comes down to people putting themselves out there on social or starting a podcast or writing a book or whatever the case may be, oftentimes what people lack when doing that is the turn inward. Mm-hmm. untether like f- we could be scrolling on instagram today and we'll be like oh that's really sexy but like how do you know you really want that so untether from the socials untether from the netflixes and all of this stuff take a detox seven days get clear on you and maybe for some people it's longer than seven days but i think that process really brings you back to your brand purpose and to sum up that answer it really comes down to your core self is your purpose. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy down at Tranquil Turn Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Look, my wife and I, we see Tracy and her team every single month for a couple's massage, and it is the best thing. Tracy is a master massage specialist and a Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. You need to reach out to Tracy and her team. Make sure that you tell them that I sent you, and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage. Also, while you're there, check out CDA Brows, Body, and Ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you, and you'll save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows and plasma tightening services. Matt, you're an entrepreneur, author, speaker, coach. You're the host of Decoding Success, which is in the top 1% of all podcasts globally. You're the founder of 1B Branding and so much more, man. Thank you for your time, dude. I appreciate it. Eric, you don't need to thank me, brother. I need to thank you. I am very grateful for this opportunity. I have the chills. I don't know if you see the hair standing up on my arms. I'm very grateful (laughs) to be here with you, man. So let's do this. Let's have a good time. Come on, man. It's going to be good, dude. I I like to kick things off by going back a bit. Like, Where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Queens, New York, man. Queens, okay. New York. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm grateful to be from here. And you know, I, I say this transparently. I don't want to come off like an arrogant New Yorker. Like, there's gifts no matter where you're from in the world, yeah. right? Uh, for me, it was just being born and raised here and being exposed to the countless amounts of opportunities in numerous different capacities. Seeing what's available to you, seeing what's out there, the the access. It was absolutely amazing. Um, but then on the flip side of it, you know, from an actual upbringing perspective broken home, you know, divorced parents, uh, didn't have my needs met as a child. And I don't cast blame with statements like that. In fact, I've taken ownership and accountability for that because it's my duty, my responsibility to self-parent in that regard. Um, but ultimately, you know, a, a lot of blessings in, in numerous different areas without a doubt. Come on, man. Yeah. I think I read that your mom had dealt with cancer. How is she, man? Yeah, she's good. I appreciate you asking. I'm I'm really grateful you just asked that. But she, I don't know, man, like looking at her life, I don't live her life, right? But looking at her life, I'm going to give you numerous examples of where her life was threatened. Yeah, One, yeah. you just mentioned cancer. Like she was battling cancer in my early years of college. And I was so numb to life, Eric. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I was just so numb to everything. I would I would numb out with marijuana. I would numb out with partying. I would numb out with making money. Just 
totally oblivious to my past and what I had experienced, her battling cancer being one of them. And furthermore, her life was threatened two other times. And I'll give you this, give you both of these examples. In 1992, which was the year I was born, uh, she worked directly across the street from the World Trade Center when there was a bomb threat. Obviously, we know what transpired with 9-11 years later, but the day there was a bomb threat at 9-11 in 1992, she was not in the office. Furthermore, mm. 9-11 still worked directly across from the World Trade Center. It just so happened that she wasn't there that day. Wow. Um, so like when I look at her life, I'm just like, she's, she's here for a reason, you yeah, know, yeah. she, she's here for, a re as we all are right. As mm -hmm. we all are without a doubt, but I appreciate you asking about that. Absolutely, man. I, I understand the, the numbing, uh, I did myself, man, with quite a, you know, drugs and alcohol was my go-to for many, many years, man. So, yeah. uh, but as I was doing research on you, you worked with Damon Johns from Shark Tank, man. That guy is an absolute stud. Like, tell me about how did that come together and what did you do with him, man? You want the full story? You want the the expedited one? Because come it, on, it, man, bring it. What, <laughs> however you want, dude. I I love it, man. I'm just I'm so intrigued when you know big names like that, and then you get to go work with them. So cool, man. Yeah, I from 17 to 24, I owned a business in hospitality here in New York City with five of my buddies. Okay, um, and forget about the sexy terms. We threw parties. That's what sure. we did. Like we, we threw, <laughs> we threw bangers like yeah. Friday, Saturday nights, we were crushing it in Queens and Brooklyn, Manhattan. We did that successfully for seven plus years. Some of my other friends were even longer and, you know, just being in that realm, you get connected to a shit ton of people, Yeah, but it didn't happen there. The reason I start that off is because, or start by saying that is because making as much money as I did in that realm led me to actually failing out of college. So I got my shit together. I was like, you know what? Like, how far can I go with this? Like, let me go back to college. Let me do what I got to do. And I started taking on a leadership role. After I got my two-year degree, I went back, started to get my four-year degree. And I just realized like the kids on my campus, they just didn't have the opportunities I've been blessed with in life. So I felt like I wanted to step up and provide those opportunities in some capacity. So becoming a student leader, I'll never forget my quote unquote junior year because I got, I failed out of college. So I was on the seven year plan without the doctorate degree. And um, I'm on my quote unquote spring break during my quote unquote junior year. And I'm in DR having a drink, sitting by the pool, whatever I'm doing, I get a phone. I'm, uh, I'm, I get a call on my phone and I'm like, you know what? This is back in the day. I'm like, if I answer this, Verizon's going to crack me over the head. Like, the, the, you know, <laughs> roaming charges, whatever the case may be, but it's from my school. And I'm saying to myself, I paid my damn tuition myself. Like, why are they calling me? Like my parents cut me off once I failed out. So the woman <laughs> yeah. on the other end of the line, she's like, Hey, like, would you want to meet Damon John of Shark Tank on campus in X amount of days? It just so happened to be two days after I was getting back. And this woman knows me so well. So in my head, I'm like, damn, like, you already know the answer to this question. Like, of course I want to meet him, but yeah. I didn't respond like that. So uh, I was one of three students to meet him. He was coming to my school. My campus was one town over from where he grew up in Queens. Okay. So he had a connection to the area. He was coming to do like a fireside chat to promote a book. I was one of three students to meet him. I was the last person in the green room to shake his hand before he went on stage. I shake his hand. He looks at me and he goes, what the hell do they teach you here? How to break people's hands. So it was kind of good vibes <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. We have a five minute conversation. We take a pretty little picture for the press, you know, for the newspaper, whatever the case may be. Sure. And by the end of that, I looked at him. I said, Damon, Damon, I'm going to work for you. I literally said it just like that. And he looked at me like I had 10 heads and I, I know my head is big uh, physically and it's just not the size of 10. So he was looking yeah. at me like I was crazy. Yeah. At the end of the event, 
I meet my mentor in the middle of the theater. He wasn't a student, so we weren't sitting together. I'm sitting in the front. He's sitting in the back. We meet in the middle of the theater. Two last people to leave the theater. So I thought. Out of my left peripheral vision, I see Santa Claus, or at least someone that looks like Santa Claus, walking up the stairs to exit. This big, jolly fellow, white beard, bald, great Go guy. On, His man. name is George. So I look at my mentor. I'm like, dude, like, where do we know this guy from? Like, he looks so familiar. And he goes, Matt, that's George Barnes. Like, we worked on parties with him, which is why I brought up the hospitality stuff before I told the story. Yeah. So we go outside of the theater. We see George. Lo and behold, George works for Damon John. No and I had a quick convo with George. He got me back in the green room. I was being super persistent. Damon was like, dude, didn't I already take a picture with you? Like, you want another one? Let's take a picture. Come on. I got to get this line moving. <laughs> so a couple months later, George helped me get an interview which led to an internship, internship to a job, job into you know being interviewed by Damon on his show. So uh, once in a lifetime opportunity without a doubt. Come on, man. That's awesome, dude. When you were working with him, was there something that he taught you that kind of stuck with you that you utilize today? So many things, dude. I think the biggest thing, and this might sound cliche, but I'll never forget. I was in a meeting with him, the president of the company and his road manager, this gentleman named Chauncey. And we had some differing opinions. Like it wasn't heated or anything, but you know, we were exchanging some differing opinions Yeah. and Damon was sitting at the head of the table and I'll never forget walking out of that meeting. And I looked at Damon, I'm like, dude, like, did you not care about that conversation? Like, you know, some emotions were flaring, but it was uh, of course professional. Sure. And Damon looked at me and he, uh, this, I mean, this like really hit my heart because it, it's beyond what I'm about to say. He looked at me and goes, Matt, business isn't brain surgery. We're going to lose money. We're going to make money. Hopefully we make more than we lose. That's what we strive for. But no one here is going to die based off of this decision. Hmm. And that forever stuck with me because there were so many times I found myself getting emotional because you're so bought into your own beliefs about what you should be doing, about what's quote unquote right. And it's not to say that I was closed minded by any means, but that forever stuck with me because this is a man that's had over, I don't know. Seven billion dollars in global sales with a clothing company. Like he knows yeah. a thing or two about business, you know. So like right. to hear that from him, to him, I'm a little guy, you know, sure, especially sure. at that point. And I'm like, you know what? Let let's chill out a little. So ever since yeah. then, that was one of the biggest takeaways. But man, I mean, even just watching him play Monopoly with his boys, like in the <laughs> office, I was just like, there's there was so much to learn, you know? Yeah. Come on, man. Now through this journey of life and, and business and everything that you've worked for, you've accomplished it. Like you weren't handed anything. You've went through all those mountains, the trials throughout failing through college and your mom deal with cancer and stuff like that. What is it that keeps dr you driving though, to keep going? I mean, we, we don't have another choice, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you, you might argue and say you do, but I mean, I really view it as there's no other choice. Yeah. Uh, I, I say this often, like 2022 was the hardest year of my life, but that doesn't mean 2023 has to be right. right? So, you know, I, I should really be giving myself this advice right now. And I, I'm, I'm going to talk it like I'm talking to myself because man, I feel like we're all on the roller coaster and I, I find myself personally in a season where I would like the coaster to coast. And to stop the up and the down and the up and the down. Like, I would like for it to coast just a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the next day is an opportunity for it to go back up or for it to coast a little bit. Or, you know, it, it's just that fresh opportunity, man. I mean, like I said, for years upon years, and I actually want to ask you a question right after this. But for years upon yeah. years, I was just so numb to all of it. I was yeah. numb to getting arrested. I was numb to failing out of college. I was numb to getting kicked out of two high schools. I was numb to – dude, I, I literally saw my mother – 
like battling cancer, like what it did to her skin, what it did to her body. I was numb to it. I had no feeling. Like yeah. I literally didn't feel anything. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't cry. I don't remember crying up until I was 27 years old. Mm. Like there was such a period of time that I don't remember crying. I never felt, yeah. you know? So ultimately it comes down to, you know, just knowing that no matter what you're experiencing today, whether it be a big or a little T trauma or, you know, heartbreak or this or that, whatever it may be, the next day could be different, mm. you know? So I actually want to ask you a quick question. Do you mind, yeah. Eric? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you And I'm just always curious and I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. glad that you're open to this, but you mentioned that you were numbing. I was curious like when you said that, why you were numbing, like what was it exactly that you were trying to quote unquote run from, for lack of a better word? Man, I, I went through the broken home, dude, you know, like, yeah. like you did. I, I mean, I, my parents split when I was 11 and my mom got together with a guy who was very physically abusive. Mm -hmm. And so I watched my mom get the snot kicked out of her many times. And when I was about 13 years old, I had 20 seconds of courage. And while he was punching her in the face, I walked up and smacked him in the back of the head with a cast iron pan twice split his head open in the front and the back. thought I was the hero. My mom kicked me out of the house after that. And I had a couple of months left of my freshman year of high school at that point, slept on my buddy's floors, moved back to live with my dad. He rents a house for me and then leaves. He goes and stays with his, with his girlfriend. So I basically raised myself from that point on. And, and uh, you know, I got into drugs and alcohol early on in high school. I was arrested at 18, actually had a bong, which is funny because now it's legal to have a bong. But at the time in 1998, when I was a senior, it was not. So I had to go to jail, black, white chain gang outfit on bright orange slippers, man, and was lost in the world, had no idea what I was doing. My dad kicked me out two weeks after I graduated. I moved 21 times between the age of 18 and 21, filed bankruptcy at 21, battled addictions, and then got sober around 2004, man. And, and I think that numbness was really just trying to heal that trauma, which I mean, me now being 43 years old, I still go through these moments where I'm like, why the hell did I have to go through that crap? You know, right? Mm. I mean, it's not as often and I don't numb myself anymore, but there's definitely moments where I go, man, life happened for me. I get that. Um, but why did I have to do that? So now my goal is to break those chains of divorce, abuse, rejection, and addiction for my kids and my wife. And they'll never have to experience the childhood that I had. Yeah. I'm trying not to uh, get emotional right now, but man, at such a, I'm, I might cry saying this, but at such a young age, dude, just like 13 years old, you having the courage to defend the person that you love. Like that says a lot about you, man. It really, really does. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm holding back tears because if I, if I talk any longer, I'm going to just be spewing and uh, not that I'm scared to cry, but man, that that's, I mean, powerful to say the least. I'm also curious though, really quickly to learn yeah. what led you to stop numbing. Mm. Yeah. For me, it was, I, I was working at Starbucks. I was okay. a laid off guy from the music business and really it was this night where this girl walked up and she said, Hey, we've got a, a college age event down at our church. Would you want to go? And I was depressed. I had no friends and she was good looking. Yep. What time do I need to be there? <laughs> and, and so I went to this thing and I really felt like God was planting a seed in that moment. I ran into guys that I hadn't seen in four or five years from the other side of the state where I grew up. And they were like, oh man, what are you doing here? So we got to chatting and a month later it was Easter 2004. I woke up after a night of partying and I, I really felt God go, dude, you're, you're going down this path that's going to end your life real quick. And so I decided that moment to give my life to Christ. I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking, cigarettes, everything in that moment. And I gave my life to Christ. And I called that girl up. I got her voicemail. I said, hey, thanks for inviting me to that church event. Maybe I'll see you at the store. And a month later, we were dating, and we just celebrated 18 years of being married, man.
That is fucking incredible, dude. I, excuse my language if I'm not oh. allowed to curse, but bro, you can uh, you you can bring it. I'm real and raw, man. We just no. you know talk how you want to talk, man. I got I, no restrictions. I love that, man, I love that. Um, God, man, um, that's a powerful thing. I, I would show you. It's a little unprofessional, but I have in God I trust tattooed across my chest. Come on. Uh, I got it at 17 years old, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I got all my tattoos at 17. I never got a tattoo after I turned uh, after I turned 18, which is the legal age here in New York. Yeah, but interesting. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. The reason I got that tattoo was because I played basketball on a nationally ranked program or for a nationally ranked program in high school. And all the kids had tattoos. You know, I, I mean, they're from South Jamaica, Queens and wherever. And that was their culture. That was their upbringing. And I'm like, yo, I want tattoos too. So yeah. at the time it didn't have meaning um, mm. or maybe it didn't, maybe it did have meaning and I didn't know the meaning of it yet, but yeah. in God, I trust is something that I live by. I mean, do I trust God every day? I'm going to be honest. I don't. Uh, sure. Because I am a human being, right? Yeah, I, I am yeah. still a human. Absolutely. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that, man. Faith is a powerful freaking tool. It is, man. And I still go through days of like fears and doubt and scared and, and you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's stepping into that faith at times, man, and, and making that happen. I, I want to jump into your, your company, 1B Branding. Like, what is it that you guys do, man? How did this all come together, man? This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry about that emergency call. I only have three people on emergency. That was my little sister. Let's make sure that she's not calling me again. But oh, um, if you need to answer it, man, go for it. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. Okay. Um, so when I was working with Damon, I had the opportunity to literally, I mean, I got thrown into the fire. Like I yeah. literally got thrown into the fire and <laughs> I didn't know anything of what I was doing. Like I just came out of college. So yeah. I was essentially tasked with furthering furthering the reach of his personal brand from a digital perspective through his content through his books books are physical of course yeah. uh, podcasts this that the other and it was wild because I, I loved it and it, it led me to wanting to do it for myself and then it made me love it even more so when, when i launched 1b which i'm gonna be honest i had no plan after i quit my job with damon i did that prematurely and i was like you know what i need to make sure that i'm doing this for more people so what we're doing with 1B is essentially creating content strategies for personalities, personal brands, et cetera, to help them reach newer audiences or expand their reach and develop more community through their content. We just launched a podcast or help, or we're in the process of helping launch a podcast for one of our clients. Her name's Nellie Galan, New York Times bestselling author, absolutely self-made in the in uh, the real estate realm and beyond came from Cuba with absolutely nothing. Like she is absolutely fantastic. And we help her just through content initiatives. It's super fun. It's super mm. engaging. Uh, it's challenging at times, which is something that we all need, I believe. And we have a good time doing it. Come on, man. That's awesome. Like when it comes to branding and things and, and having this, you know, brand positioning and brand purpose, like what's the difference between the two? I think a lot of people get confused around that. So I, I'm going to break this down in, potentially an unorthodox way. And I'm going to okay. use a quote from the world's most famous doctor. He said, there's no one in the world you were than you. And don't quote me verbatim on that because it's not word for word, but that was actually said by Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. And the reason I share that is because you, Eric, me, Matt, whoever's listening to this, while we might have similarities, we're ultimately very different. Yeah, Like we, we are different. Uh, and we're impacted in so many different ways, right? Our upbringings, our culture, our societies, our this, our that. 
it's really important for people to understand who they are and amplify that as opposed to the opposite, which so many people do. So many people do this where they'll see Gary V doing something that's so sexy and working for Gary. And then they try to go to the extent of imitating to innovate too far. Like, mm -hmm. yes, if you see a strategy that's working, cool, but don't start yelling and cursing like Gary. And I'm using Gary as an example, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, totally. I'm, not, I'm not poking fun at him. I love him to death. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, brand purpose is your purpose. It's you. And I think when it comes down to people putting themselves out there on social or starting a podcast or writing a book or whatever the case may be, oftentimes what people lack when doing that is the turn inward. Mm -hmm. untether like f we could be scrolling on instagram today and we'll be like oh that's really sexy but like how do you know you really want that so untether from the socials untether from the netflixes and all of this stuff take a detox seven days get clear on you and maybe for some people it's longer than seven days but i think that process really brings you back to your brand purpose and to sum up that answer it really comes down to your core self is your purpose mm. Come on, man. That's so good, dude. Uh, I always love chatting with other podcasters because for me, I look at podcasting as a business opportunity. It's marketing, it's connection, it's networking, but it's also legacy. Like I wish I could go and see my great grandfather's voice and see his face and hear his energy and stuff like that. Right. My great, great grandkids can do that for me now. Uh, talking to other podcasters, like how has podcasting helped you in your business and just in your life journey, man? Well, it's definitely helped in my life journey. You know, when I had started this show back in 2018, I'm going to be honest, once again, it just happened because I had nothing else happening for me after leaving my job with Damon. I had yeah. an intern who was urging me. He's like, dude, start a podcast, start a podcast. Start. I'm like, bro, like when can I start a podcast? I work five days a week, six sometimes, you know? So yeah. when it got to that point, I didn't realize this in the moment, but man, I think having a podcast is a cheat code for mentorship. It's a cheat mm. code for connections like this. It's a cheat code for um expanded reach it's a, it's a cheat code for so many things so on a personal level i can't even tell you how much i've learned uh yeah. furthermore forget about what i've learned i can't even tell you how much i've felt seen right mm. how much i've felt seen just from having conversations like you and i are having right now once again chills up my arms because i don't know it's just really easy to be in your own head and be like you know what i'm the only one that experiences this shit yeah. And then next thing you know, you open up to me about what you did at 13 years old as that courageous little boy. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, we're not the only ones that experience some shit, quote unquote shit. Like, totally. we, we, you know, you get what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think that was the biggest takeaway for me is, is the sense of feeling some community, even just in one hour conversations with people you never spoke with before. Next thing you know, you're like, holy shit, like, I feel great. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. That's such a great uh, perspective on podcasting, man. Uh, always a fun question to ask other entrepreneurs. Does it take money to make money? It takes a money mindset to make money. And, I, and what I mean by that is, man, um, if your internal, if your identity, your internal worth, let me backtrack. Let's view ourselves as a thermostat. If yeah. our thermostat is set to 70 degrees and next thing you know, we're up at 110 pertaining to money. Next thing you know, we're going to do something to bring us back down to 70. Mm -hmm. So I think it doesn't necessarily take, dude, there's so many ways to make money. 
There are yeah. so many ways to make money. If you don't have money right now, you can download Uber Eats. You can hop on a city bike in New York City and you could deliver Uber Eats, make $50 in two hours. Like there's so many ways to make money. But if your internal thermostat is set to a number that is exceeded, you know that it's coming back down and it's going to be set back to your thermostat. So I truly believe that making more money really requires you to be able to turn your thermostat up, turn your thermostat down. It's a pivotal thing, right, in the seasons of our life. But, man, that thermostat is huge. And I, I could speak from experience because I blew my life savings at a very early age, uh, which was very fruitful at the time. But still, man, I mean, my internal thermostat just wasn't there. Oh, man. That at home for me, dude, I'm the same way, man. I, I used to just have this very poor mentality about money. And anytime I got it, it was out as quickly as I got it, man. And, mm. ah, oh, so good, dude. I, I love to finish the show with a fun question though. I'm a big music guy. So I love to ask the question like, what type of music do you like to listen to? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? You know what? I, I'm going to give you a, a very memorable experience when it comes to music. I mean, my dad had a guitar. I always wanted to teach myself how to play it. I, I never, I never really succeeded at that. And, you know, just being from Queens in New York, I'm going to be honest, like I grew up, I went from NSYNC to 50 Cent real quick. Okay, you know? <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's like that, awesome. That transition happened really quickly. But I think one of the most beautiful moments of my life was, and I'm going to be honest, I knew his music before I saw him, but I didn't know it was his music, which you might crucify me for. Uh, I saw Stevie Wonder perform in Central Park here in New York City. Come on. And man... I mean, I can't even tell you how many people were there. I'm getting yeah. the chills thinking about it. It was one of the most memorable music experiences I will ever have in my life. And just so you know, I've seen Kiss. I've seen Metallica. I've seen Black Sabbath. I've been to OzFest. I've done all of that shit. I've been to Ibiza. Yeah. Like, I, I've done a lot of musical stuff. Uh, but I think Stevie Wonder performing. Furthermore, he actually performed with Pharrell. Uh, so they were doing his songs together, which was out of this world, man. It Dude. was chills like absolute chills it was crazy <laughs> what a rad show dude would have been so cool man matt you're an absolute world changer dude i love your story thanks for jumping on here and being transparent about your life journey man and i'm excited for what you've got coming up next you've, you've built this awesome podcast this awesome foundation and business and i know that there's so much more blessings coming your way man thank you for your time dude i appreciate it Eric, thank you for the opportunity, brother. As mentioned earlier, I'm expressing gratitude for what you're putting out in the world for who you are and for allowing me to share this with you, man. I, I had a blast. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.